She's the push she brought from the Bronx, New York. Follow her voice, a straight dog is nice. She's the push she brought from the Bronx, oh yeah. Don't be surprised if you want to listen twice. Make decisions, find the right choice. Know yourself better, find your own voice. It's okay if you need help today, because everybody needs a little push. From the push she brought from the Bronx, New York. Welcome, Transformation Network listeners. My name is Ellen Stewart, and I am the pushy broad from the Bronx. Welcome to my show, Recovery Recharged, with my illustrious co-host in entering our fourth year together, Dr. Wow. Pat. How you doing, Doc? Wow, I, I love it. You know, what is that expression, like time flies when you're having fun? Did you ever hear that? Oh, my um, God, yeah. I think that's the epitome of it. Um, it. It's fascinating. But the other thing, Ellen, and today's show especially is about this. It's not just about having fun. It's about showing where your heart is and then following your heart leader path. And that's what your show is about. That's what you're doing. That's what Felicia is about. That's what everybody's about. Benny and I now have a 20th anniversary here coming up. Um, and so uh, for, for the show, for the show, just to be clear. Um, but when you're in that groove, you just wake up every day joyful about the way you're you're able to create a better world and help people, don't you, Ellen? Don't you feel that way? There is no question. And what I especially like about this show today is, you know, we're the OGs in this industry, okay? You know, we're in recovery. We're OGs in this recovery. What do we have about 100 years between us, clean and sober, Pat? I mean, really. But at this point in time, especially today, I am able to discover some of the new blood in recovery, so to speak. And even though this woman has, I believe, about a decade in recovery, she is still a little bit younger than we are and is doing some fabulous what? things. What? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, nobody's younger than us, but 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 let me just tell you about what I'm bringing to the show today and we can get right into it, okay? We do lots of different things in recovery. We talk about many different ways to stay clean and sober. We talk about various addictions. We also talk about different mod modalities in recovery. And we also know that in this world, the most popular way to get clean and sober is in the rooms and 12-step recovery. But that doesn't mean we don't bring into it so many different ways to get clean and sober. We are big fans of trying everything you possibly yeah. can. Whatever works for you is what works for us, for yeah. you. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about one of those methods with a woman who is a nurse, a recovery coach, an mm -hmm. author, and also a podcaster. She has a podcast called Ouch That Hurt. And I really want to, I know, I know, I know you're going to love that, Doc. And we're going to talk about that too. But most importantly, she's a person in recovery for substance use, trauma, and codependency. And you know, you and I have been there. She continues to live a sober life through the lens of harm reduction. And we're going to talk a little bit about this today. And she has also seen rock bottom and she is looking to help people like herself connect with the sole purpose of redefining pain through recovery storytelling. So I want to welcome to Transformation Network, 
Felicia Hunter. Good morning, Felicia. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. I'm so glad to see you this morning. I you have so you wear so many different hats. And I want to begin because everybody wants to begin like they do in the rooms with a little bit about your story and the circumstances that maybe led you in the beginning to active addiction. So would you fill us in, give us a background? Absolutely. Um, so I was a prison nurse for five or six years. Um, I would say that my first drug of choice was adrenaline. Um, I liked that feeling of invincibility and being untouchable. And eventually uh, that invincibility wore off and I was injured by an inmate in prison. Um, after that, um, and it, it just shows where my mindset was because I was injured at like seven o'clock in the morning and I came back for my noon meds to finish my shift because I was so detached from myself. I didn't know when I needed to be tapped out because I still believed yeah. that I was invincible. So uh, I lasted a few more weeks in the prison system, but I was very angry, very hostile. Um, I started to drink after work um, drink and drive for the adrenaline. Um, I was showing up late. I stopped talking to my family. Um, and then I packed up my life, quit my job, and I moved six hours away. And my intent in doing so, um, to be very honest, I wanted to get as far away from anybody that loved me. I wanted to finish writing my book and I wanted to end my life. That was it. That was the only future that I could see for myself. And so I spent uh, the next four months um, writing my, my first book, Exit Wounds in a bar, very drunk, finished it. And by the grace of something, I found drugs. And I say that because I loved drugs more than the idea of death. And that saved my life. Yeah. That's a very interesting concept. What do you think about this, Dr. Pat? I love the way you shared that story. I mean, I tried not to go like this, like a bobblehead, like throughout this, because that never looks good on, on a TV broadcast. But I have to tell you that the way you describe this really is a blueprint for the beginning of the end and then the end to the beginning. Um, but what you just shared and no one, I don't think anyone that I can recall since you've been doing this, Ellen, has ever talked about the adrenaline part. I think this is the first time I've ever heard anybody put that together so beautifully because we do leave it out of the equation, right? Um, congratulations to you. Thank you. Uh, congratulations. All of us that take this pathway one way or the other, we do things. We have a realization. We quit our jobs, we, whatever that looks like. But then that's not what you did. You rose up and you're here today, Ellen, right? 
There is no question. I mean, we have seen so much trauma that that causes so many different things happening. And, and the same thing that that happened in your life and, and certainly part of it that has happened in mind. But these are also extraordinary circumstances. I mean, the trauma of the attack in prison, the fact that you denied the fact that you were even having the problems, you were really going on high energy and overdrive. And, and the most poignant part of this, which is just so amazing to me because I have been there, is turning to drugs or alcohol in the beginning to save your life. And that's a tricky, slippery slope. But nevertheless, after that situation, okay, after you have decided that there was a reason for you to live, you still were left with a very serious addiction. So tell us, Felicia, how did you know after that, that you actually had a real problem? Yeah, um, I started to kind of party with cocaine, I'd say. Um, and, like I still who, who doesn't party with recreational. Who doesn't party with cocaine? Okay, I mean you have cocaine. You I feel like that's a little redundant do, right? there, just okay. a little bit. You know? Right, thank you, yeah, Betty. You're welcome. Betty, said, Betty says that's a little redundant. redundant I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Oh, don't we have um, to take a minute to laugh, everybody? Yeah, Thank you, course. Benny. Oh my Thank goodness! You. Oh my goodness! How do you not party with cocaine? I'm not. Oh sure my god! That I mean, I mean, look at what we're talking about. I mean, you oh. ever go into work and you just got yourself fit, and you walk in, and your boss looks at you and says, "Hey, you got a little. You got. You must. <laughs> how was your jelly donut?" And you're looking at your boss like, "What the." What jelly right, donut? Right. And your boss right. is like, you know, your jelly donut. And you're like, oh, that jelly. Oh, it was delicious. Right. <laughs> because right, you're trying right. to get the white stuff off your face. Oh, Sorry. God. Sorry. All right. So back. <laughs> okay. We digress. Okay. <laughs> Felicia, yeah. let's go back to you had a serious problem here. Okay. How did you know about yes. it? And what did you begin yes. to do about it? Okay. Yeah. So um, I graduated from cocaine to crack, um, as, as a lot of people do. Um, and what started to happen, it took about a year until I realized that I had a, a, a real problem. Um, I thought I was hiding it from everyone as everybody says, right. Um, but it wasn't until I got a text message from my grandmother, um, near Christmas, um, that said, does anybody know if Felicia's alive? And it was that moment that I realized my behavior was affecting other people. She accidentally really sent it to you. A... She accidentally yes, sent a text yes. message to you. I yeah. see. That's a God shot. Yes. Yes. It's a God exactly. for sure. There's no question. Okay, exactly. so you definitely were alive, and it was certainly more than alcohol, so you were doing a variety of things, and mm -hmm. it still took you a year to ask for help for the normal reasons. Why? Why did, you, why did it take you so long? I, I don't, I didn't want it. I wanted to see if I could maintain life and numb. Could I do both? And for a while, I could. Right. I was still working as a nurse when I moved away, but I had an active addiction, but inside, inside I was dying. And it took me a year to realize that I couldn't, I couldn't have both. 
I couldn't be happy and have this addiction that was taking everything from me and my money and everything that made me me. Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. That's really something, you know, Dr. Pat, I want to talk to you about this. She, yeah. Felicia talks about the fact that on the outside, she was partying, she was having a good time on the inside. She was dying. Doesn't that happen to us? Is that what happened to you? How long did it take you to finally realize that you had to come to grips with this? Um, it took me. Uh, okay. So let's just talk about what happens in the first year of sobriety or uh, addiction recovery. Two things for me. Um, and this is where the program, I think, fails, uh, and we can do that in another show. When you are in um, a drug addiction, so let's just be really clear, and you have a drug addiction, and it starts at age nine years old, and you decide to put that addiction down at age 22, and you never do it again, we don't recognize that. What we say is, but you drank. Now, let me just be very clear. Drugs are drugs. Alcohol is alcohol. And it's not a one size fits all. But I want to tell you what you're describing is not only right, I'm going to use the phrase dead on, because that's what happens to you. But it is so representative of so many people right now that are afraid to say, my life is unmanageable. You, you both know this. You know that whatever statistics you're reading are not correct. Felicia, right? You know this. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. how did it hit me? I went through an epiphany at, uh, 40 or whatever that year, what, th well, a year before. And then the way I saw myself in the world changed. I don't know how to explain it. Here's the way I talk about it. When I do a keynote speech, I, I explain blah, 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 all the thing. And I say, look, I walk down my stairs in my 4,000 square foot house on six acres with my sports car and my motorcycle and my pickup truck and my beautiful Lassie Collie. And I walk down my beautiful hardwood stairs to a beautiful foyer. It's a foyer. <laughs> and it's a four-year people and with all the great hand-picked tile and I looked in the mirror like I always do how do I look going to my big executive job I looked in the mirror Felicia I want to know if you did this I looked in the mirror and I was unrecognizable to myself and that moment changed everything when I went into work I called them out on illegal and ridiculous things they were doing to fire people I don't know how else to explain it, but here's what I say. At that moment, an alien baby took over my body and I was never the same because I don't know the right words. But you had that moment, you had that epiphany it moment did. and that's what Felicia was describing. And that is an absolutely wonderful thing. And I believe that it all, it happens to all of us. Yeah. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so Felicia, did you necessarily hit rock bottom? What motivated you to get sober? Yeah, um, I think it was a lot of it was my family at first. Um, and I think uh, the other half honestly was 12 step because I was that person who was, I went to 12 step for three months before I got sober every single day, almost drunk every time I went in there, never was shamed. And I had already had plans to leave there and go to the bar, still had no, no one shame me. I still showed up. Yep. And then um, it was one night after, um, after I had gone to a meeting, I went to the bar, 
I blacked out and I ended up in somebody's house and I smoked heroin for the first time and I overdosed. Um, and my call at 2am was an AA person. Like I, I can't do this. I'm going to die. And she said, okay, go home, go to bed. I will be there at 6am. What's your coffee order? I had my bags packed. I was out at the front door. We called my mom in the car, told her that I had a problem. And, and, um, this person in AA took me to a detox center. And that's how it happens. And, and I want everybody out there to know, especially in the beginning of 2023, I'm a very big firm believer in new year, new slate, new, new things. And if, if it is your inclination to start again and promise yourself something, I'm all for it. Okay. You want to make a resolution that this year will be different. Go for it. I believe 100% that this is the way to go. And the things that you have to learn are that if you walk into a room to try to get help, you don't have to be embarrassed because like Felicia said, quite a few times just now, nobody Mm -hmm. shamed her. Nobody cared whether or not she was clean and sober, but she was trying to get help. And that's what counts. Mm -hmm. Trying, constantly trying to be able to pick yourself up and do the right thing, no matter how many times you're falling down. Yeah. You know what I love about your story? And I want to just say this. Um, There are many people, and honestly, there's a colleague of mine right now, and there are many people that want to talk about going beyond the 12 steps. There's a lot of conversation, you know, that points to a program that has been in place for a very long time, and that has worked for millions of people. I'm not of that mind. The mind I'm of is the one we're talking about today. And ouch, that hurt is perfect for this. Um, I want to just make sure everybody knows when you, you hear Felicia talk and you hear Ellen talk, you know, if you go to recover my soul, you're going to be able to find out about what we're talking about and watch this young woman's journey that supports, you know, walking the talk. Ellen is going to give you her website. Here's what I want to say to both of you. I love Marty Mann. I am one of the few people that still talk about Ms. Marty Mann. I talk about her and I'll be talking about her too on green. Why? Because Felicia, she believed in what you believed. She believed that, great. What was the year? 1930 something? I don't even know. Like back in the day, 34 to something. I think so. There was the program and then there was Marty. Here's the misconception. Bill, Bob, I think Bill on his deathbed, Bob, Lois, he said, this is the program and it has to evolve and change. And where we are today is we're helping that. And what I love that you shared is like me, you walk into the rooms and people don't say, gee whiz, you smell like you've been in an alley and you were, they don't say that. Would you like coffee? Right. Um, This is the part of the program that we have to talk about more. Why? Because we are talking about it. There are guidelines in the program. There are things that have worked in the past, but here's the way we're going to help people. We cannot be silenced and talk and be silent about our story and journey anymore. 
you know, I don't care. You, you know, since we started to do this show, I can't tell you what I've been called as a business owner and a broadcast owner. I can't even tell you and ask me if I care. I don't. Um, here's what I want to ask both of you, if I could. How has your recovery journey helped change you to make you more powerful in the way you help others? Alicia, what do you think? Oh, that was a great yeah. way to deflect that question, Ellen. Oh, I'm going to talk, <laughs> then I'm going to take us into break. You, since when am I not talking? Okay, Felicia, let's hear it. Yeah, I think when I moved from sobriety to recovery, that gave me, I didn't have the shame about my story that I did when I was mm. just in the sobriety variety phase and when I moved to recovery I found a love for my story and my pain and the terrible things that I've been through I found power in that which allows me to see power in that for other people and my sole purpose goal is to help people see that in themselves yeah. That's a wonderful thing. And you can do that with Felicia Hunter by going to her website, recovermysoul.com. I love that. Recovermysoul.com. Mm -hmm. She also has a podcast and you can find that on Apple and Spotify, which is Ouch That Hurt. She is also an author of several books. Unbelievable. The first one is called Exit Wounds, correct? And the second one, Felicia? In internal bleeding and, and I one. just signed a contract for my third one yeah which is I'm a quitter and it's lessons of letting go and that'll be out in 2023 <laughs> that's really 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 wonderful I am so proud of your journey I am also thrilled to be able to meet people that are coming up in the world of recovery and also finding out how important it is to be in recovery coaching you all know me, you all know that I've been doing this for eons, and you know that this is always my calling, and I was fortunate enough to uh, work with Dr. Pat beginning four years ago. You know my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com. You know where to go. You know that I offer free consultations to start out. You can call me in the States on my 800 number, 800-889-1757. And I am always here for you and will continue as we do in the beginning of our fourth year together to bring lots mm. of great recovery coaching programs to, mm. um, to Transformation Network. So let's, let's move on here. I want to talk just a few minutes before we go to break. Why don't you tell us, Felicia, what, are there some, some way, what's the best way you maintain your sobriety today? Let's just talk just a few minutes about that. Yeah. And then we yeah. Can I think. I well, think you're, you're recovery, very... right? You're talking recovery, right? You know, we're talking about what happens when you move past the the novel idea, well, the novelty wears off, right? Remember that when you told everybody in the world you were in AA, right? That first three months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say going into, you know, the recovery phase, right? Um, I really had to focus on my identity um, and to do that, um, 
I, I on it, I had to start from scratch. I had to figure out what my favorite color was. I had to figure out what my favorite food was. I had to go right back. Like what makes me, me? Because once I can marry myself again and really become one with, with my soul, then when I help others, it feels authentic to me. Um, what was happening in early recovery is I wanted to save everyone, right? Fell in love and rehab because I, it was codependency, right? It wasn't coming from an authentic place. It was another way for me to escape myself. And so once I really did find myself and learn to love all, all pieces of me, even the messy parts, right? Then when I'm helping others, that keeps me sober today because it's now an authentic yeah. part of me and I'm no longer putting other people above myself. My cup is full first, right? And then I can help others. And it's, um, it's just been so different when I come from that place. So that really keeps me sober. Um, and continuing to put my recovery first, setting those boundaries. Um, no matter what I do, I put my recovery first. Yeah. We all know how important it is to yeah. talk about recovery and it's not just about staying clean and sober. This is what we do. Dr. Pat, I know you talk with people all the time, like I do. How important is that for you? I wanted to just explain to people what we're talking about when we say recovery. There is a degree of self-care that doesn't even touch the conversations that generally happen in the holistic world. You know, the idea of self-care for somebody in recovery, it's not it's not a luxury. It's, it's, it's a requirement. It's a requirement. And what am I talking about? Yes, you have to maintain. Yes, you have to do the things that you've learned. Yes, maybe you have a sponsor. Yes, you have to call that sponsor, even if you can't stand that sponsor that day, because you know what they're going to say. But there's something beyond that. It is the life renewal part of recovery. And that's, those are the things that we have to talk about a little bit more. You know, how do I live my life, Felicia? You know, here I am. Do I know how to live my life? You know, look, <clears throat> I'm just going to say this real quick. You may not believe this, people that you're listening. One of the hardest things to do when you, if you've been using and drinking, let's just call it 10, 20, 30, 40 years. The hardest thing to learn how to do is love and relationships. That first relationship that you get into. Lord have mercy. Now, why do I bring that up? You heard Felicia. There's an MO where we must escape all that is hard. And then the escape door is shut. Right, Ellen? Right, there Felicia. is no question. Yes. And I, I mean, before I know we're going to go to break and come back and I just want to leave you with one thing. I just saw a great thing on Instagram the other day. Okay. About self-care. And it starts with, I'm not single. I'm just dating myself. Okay. So let's leave it right there at the break. We'll come back. We'll talk about self-care. We'll talk about recovery more with Dr. Pat and the pushy broad from the Bronx and Felicia Hunter. When we come back, stay tuned. The pushy broad from the Bronx, New York. 
You can't just fix yourself on the outside and expect the inside to follow. Whether you're 5 or 85, healthy living can begin whenever you decide you want a better life. Tune into Keeping Up with Barbara Scheidegger every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com to learn about implementing a daily routine and finding a balance to improve your life. Learn to live agelessly. Go to BarbaraScheidegger.com. That's Barbara, S-C-H-E-I-D-E-G-G-E-R.com. Are you looking for a way to break old habits that are holding you back from reaching your true potential and living the life you deserve? Well, look no further than Dr. Loretta Billups. She is a clinician and a relationship and mental health coach that will assist you with reaching your purpose. She will hold you accountable so that your desires are now a reality. Connect with Dr. B at cultivatingyourlife.com and find your path today. That's cultivatingyourlife.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am the creator of the Transformation Network, doing what we do in the world of positive radio, informed, educated, positive media. Independent radio hosts and independent networks have been the face of positive messaging over the past decade. So all of us here have decided we're going to put together an independent network that is going to enable people to bring their positive message of hope, inspiration, and conscious action to the forefront. Help us create a future of amazing, uplifting stories that can be told so we can tell our children and they can tell their children of what hope and conscious action is all about. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on on TransformationTalkRadio.com. It is time to get inspired to take action in your life. Tune in to Emotional Elevation with me, Susan Denae. We are identifying, understanding, and treating our crazy one episode at a time. We all have crazy in our lives. The thing that sets us apart is how we deal with it. And I've got you covered. Enjoy your journey. You are worth it. Visit SusanDenae.com. That's D-E-N-E-E.com. What if you could enter a sacred vortex of love and beauty infused with the power of the earth and ascended masters? Join myself, Dr. Georgia Herrera and Dr. Sharon Martin and the the Sacred Sacred Magic Magic Show. Bring in the mystical and sacred for healing, airing every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You too can have your health and life challenges melt away. Join now and feel your heart open up to the answers to your most important questions. From the pushy broad from the Bronx, New York. Welcome back, Transformation Network listeners. I'm Ellen Stewart. I'm the pushy broad from the Bronx. You're at my show, Recovery Recharged, with my good friend and colleague, Dr. Pat. We are talking to Felicia Hunter, who is a practical nurse and a recovery coach, author, and podcaster. And we're going to talk about the meat of this conversation, and that is another treatment modality, harm reduction. And this is where Felicia Hunter specializes. So Felicia, you mentioned the beginning that you were sober through a variety of ways. And I understand that harm reduction is one of them. Tell us about that and what impact it had on people experiencing addiction in your world. 
Yeah. So when I got uh, sober, I started to work as an addiction counselor a few years later. I then discovered harm reduction. Um, Part of my role was to meet people where they're at. And so I would go out onto the streets. I would teach people how to use their drugs safely. And in doing so, it kept them alive. It kept them alive until they could come to that moment where they could choose sobriety or choose recovery, whatever that meant to them. Um, a lot of my work surrounded was surrounded around naloxone, naloxone training, overdose prevention. Um, and it was incredible to see, you know, there was a client that I would meet every single day. I would sit with her. I would watch her do her, her drug of choice safely, and she would go on her way. Three months later, we're sitting there and she goes, do you think I could get sober? Do you think it's possible for me? And so we were able to streamline her to treatment right then and there. That was something we had to give her that time to see it for herself. And so the way that I've kind of brought harm reduction forward, it's, it's a way of life, right? So I, you can take it down as, as simple as spraying your hair with heat protectant before you curl it. That's harm reduction, right? Having one slice of pizza instead of the entire one, harm reduction. There are people who choose to smoke marijuana instead of heroin harm reduction. They switch from injecting their substance to smoking it, harm reduction. And so when I look at my life, I'm constantly looking at ways when I'm making decisions, because my default setting is to create harm to myself and others. That's, that's part of my default setting. And so if I look at harm reduction, when I go to make a decision, is there a way that I could make this choice less harmful to myself and others? And if there is, it's giving myself that pause, reassessing and figuring out how I'm going to make a decision from here. That's harm, harm reduction. reduction. I harm love reduction that. Is I love that. I like that you shared this, Ellen Wright. Ah, go mean, ahead. Let me, let's talk about why that is. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure which show I did or if I did it with you, Ellen, um, there was a gentleman on who really said all drugs need to be legalized and managed. I mean, that was it wasn't on my line. show. <laughs> yeah, that was his bottom line. And then I, I, I listened. I stopped and I listened to what he said. And he came prepared to talk about statistics, about safety, about harm reduction about the management of this that takes people out of harm's way that are not quite ready, ready to take the next step. Do you believe, Felicia, that the process of harm reduction could in fact be a way for people to take a step pointing them into a place of better care, which may ultimately help them make that ultimate decision? Yeah, I think it's adding another avenue, right? If you're unable to 
get yourself to a room, a 12 step meeting, yeah. right? Yes. Then maybe you need something that meets you on the street, meets you in, in that crack den, something that is with you because you can't make that step for yourself yet. And if that means naloxone, if that means having a, a buddy that helps you inject, if that means switching up your substance. When I look at my journey, right? I, I liked drugs more than the idea of death. We wanna preserve that time until they're ready to choose recovery and choose healing for themselves. Um, and what this has allowed me to do is just create a space of time. Let's just have more time here and keep you safe until, until you're ready or can see a life for yourself. Some, sometimes going into that 12-step room, if you're in such a dark place, it feels like a pedestal that everyone in those 12-step rooms are on they made it. And I'm way down here with so much pain. Why even bother? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 We think this There's is insurmountable, other... right? Yeah. We all think this is insurmountable. There are many different philosophies around this. And the reason why harm reduction was even invented was because in the rooms, like you said, the 12-step modality is based on abstinence, right? It, it is all or nothing, right? Our philosophy in 12-step recovery is one drink is too many, a thousand is never enough, which means basically you can't just have that one Lay's potato chip, right? You have to have the whole bag. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's <laughs> about. But that's when you get to know yourself, all right. For me personally, I couldn't just turn around and say, I can just have a joint occasionally. I can just have a drink occasionally. I can just have one piece of chocolate cake, even though that entire chocolate cake is in the refrigerator now. But that means we get to know ourselves. And the best thing about harm reduction is, like Dr. Pat has kept saying over and over again, recovery is not one size fits all. Okay. It's not about the fact that you can just stay sober and clean and in recovery if you are completely abstinent. I work with people that are on methadone. I work with people that are on Suboxone. I work with people that are sharing, that are not no longer sharing needles in an unhealthy way, but are alive and well and working towards their recovery. So Dr. Pat, what do you think about this modality? You think it's it's here to stay? Oh, it's essential. Come on, let's talk about the reality of this because we haven't done this yet. You know, what is a day in the life of an addict? How do I know? Lost all of my sisters, lost them all. Um, so what is a day in the life? And, you know, there's no real conversation about what a day in the life looks like. And- you know, we see a little bit, don't you think we see a little bit in some of the television and Hollywood, you know, portrayal, but even in those, they don't quite show you the really rock bottom day-to-day -day situation of an addict, especially heroin. You know, they don't show you the day-to-day -day. heroin, one of the cheapest drugs on the market, one of the most difficult to break, in my opinion, that right next crack is next, but, you know, 
the, the reason you get away with being a heroin, you know, being on heroin is because you can show up pretty normal. I mean, you know, look at the actors that commit suicide that do great acting roles. Um, um, and, and, and then you re- oh, died of an overdose. It's insidious. But here's the thing we're not talking about. Why do we need harm reduction? Because when you are in need of that fix, whatever it is, you will do whatever it takes to get it. Dirty needles. It doesn't matter. And and I just love it when people say, just don't do it. Just say no. Just stop. Just why would you do that to yourself? That's what we're here to do is to educate, aren't we? Because if it was that easy, people, we wouldn't be talking about it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So let's get to some happy endings here, especially as we. That is a happy ending. Yes, there is no question. That is to me like that's a happy moment. (laughs) Choosing life, choosing Choosing life. life. There's no question. So Felicia, first of all, we want you to talk about your podcast. Tell us a little bit about Ouch That Hurt. What is that all about? Yes. So Ouch That Hurt, I got the name from naming our pain. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out on the table. Let's say that hurt. This thing hurt me. What I've been through caused me pain, still causes me pain. Let's talk about it. And in that, there has been so much healing. So I I have lots of uh, solo episodes, but I also have on guests with different modalities of recovery who name their pain. They share it, yeah. but they also match it with with their recovery in whatever that means to them. And I have had selfishly so much healing in in this process of the podcast but I have watched other people enter their own self-discovery journeys Um, I have been able to take on my own caseload of coaching people through their own recoveries Um, and it's basically just a safe space where we can talk about what we've been through without any shame um, and without on any judgment on how we recovered from it too. It's not a one size fits all, right? Like you said. And where can they find your podcast? Yes, it's on Apple and Spotify, Google and Amazon Music now as well. Yeah, but all the links are on your website, right? Yes, on uh, recovermysoul.com, and I have everything linked there as well. Amazing website, by the way. I love the color palette. I love the message, and I love how, you know, right on it is to really address what you've talked about today. I mean, it's one of those things that when you go to a site like that, and thank you for sharing who you are, that is one of the hardest things we don't talk about is what is it like to share your story publicly, right, ladies? I mean, that is what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. But I just have to say, Marty Mann was a maverick. She was the first one to go to High Watch, to go up there to Connecticut. She was the first one to say, I'm in treatment for women. And then she was the first one to do something that we're doing today 
for for anybody to talk about out being an alcoholic was pretty taboo. And this is a woman that went on a famous television show at the time. What's my secret? And the thing was, which one of the three I use is the alcoholic? And there's that Marty and nobody picked her. Hello. Mm -hmm. But we have to keep telling stories, don't we? We absolutely do. And certainly Felicia had a huge story to tell. So, um, and I'm really, really glad that you talked about your trauma and you talked about getting well and you talked about spending some time in a detox and continuing on. And, And I know that you have some very interesting descriptions of the books that you have read and the new one as well. So tell us again, the name of the books and what, and give us a little synopsis about what each one of them is about. Yeah, so I wrote Exit Wounds in Active Addiction. Um, So it is very dark. You see me go from butterflies and rainbows to I'm in a really dark place and I love it. Um, It is probably one of my favorite books or has a really, has a place in my heart, right? It's just a time in my life. Um, So there's that one. And then I wrote Internal Bleeding in, um, in Recovery. And then my third one here, which is I'm a quitter and it's lessons of letting go. And it's more of a memoir. Um, It is all of the phases of things I've had to let go, including substances, um, including shame, including my relationship with my body, all of these things that I've really had to work on and dive into um, and what life looked like when I was holding on to these narratives and then what life looked like when I let them go. So that one will be out in 2023. You said in the beginning about um, the first book that you wrote that you were in a dark place and you were loving it. Is that what you said? At the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally yeah, Just tell us a little bit. Uh, about yeah. That let, let's hear your side of that because when you said yeah. it, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, but let's yeah, explain yeah, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Ellen, great question. Let's explain it. Yeah, it's, um, it is so raw and real. I felt so alive. I didn't want anybody to fix how I was feeling, even though it was painful. Um, it was like this bittersweet place where I was like in my misery and you couldn't change it because being in it almost gave what I'd been through justice at this, like I've been through this. So now I deserve to be in this dark place and I'm not moving and you can't tell me to move. I've earned this spot to be dark and jaded and, and mean and hate everybody. You know, I earned this place and I'm going to stay here. And you're absolutely right. And this kind of brings us back to the beginning with what Dr. Pat was talking about. We have really never talked about the fact that we liked being where we were. Okay. We always talk about the fact that we're in pain and we need help, but the things that drove us to picking up a drink or a drug are the things that also kept us there. We liked doing it. I loved getting high. I loved drinking and drugging. And I thought I absolutely deserved it. How about you, Doc? Same with you? I didn't know another way. I mean, this started for me at a very young age. 
you know, it started with me early on with my mom, an addict and alcoholic giving birth to me. And then because I cried for four years and you're in a good Italian sort of family, they put Sambuca on your gums, right? I mean, think about it. You're four years old. You're not teething anymore. But why are they doing that? Why does that work? The bottom line is you don't really know another way and you don't know there's another option. You see, we're talking about it here because we found that. But when you're in the middle of the soup, all you can see is the soup. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right? And you don't realize that you're drowning in that soup. You, you really don't have realize no idea. You're drowning. You know, somebody asked me if I had an analogy for my journey of, of addiction. I said, yeah, here it is. Let's talk about the journey of addiction. The story of the frog. You put a frog in cold water and the frog doesn't jump out, but you slowly turn up the heat. See? And the frog just boils to death. Recovery and the awakening of recovery was like when you throw the frog, I'm the frog, in boiling water, we jump out. But to get from the place where you don't know the heat's being turned up to the place where it's way too hot, that takes a bunch of awakenings. And that's what we're talking about. <laughs> You're absolutely right. There is no question. And it's very easy to miss it and drown no matter what. Because just like Felicia was saying in the beginning that she just kept going and she didn't see how bad it was until yeah. it was life-threatening. So that's a really big deal. And and um, and I so appreciate the fact that that your three books are awakenings and they're the steps in your yeah. recovery and, and moving forward. So I want to talk to you about what you feel your message should be for those listeners today. Give us an idea of what you want yeah. to impart with us and and what you want us to really know about you. Yeah, Um so I, I had just developed this new program that I'm I'm launching for April that that people can take with me, um, and it's called um, authentic, authentically you, and what this means to me, it it coincides with my books, um, my podcast, right? It's that this is me in my pain, in my recovery. This is who I am. Right. And so when I'm looking at my message, my message is that although pain feels so permanent when you're when you're experiencing it, reaching out for help makes it temporary. And I couldn't be where I am today alone in my recovery. I needed other people to bring me to a place where I believed that my pain was healable and that there was a life beyond what I was feeling. Um, I think it's so important to surround yourself with people who su support your recovery and support you authentically, who you are at the core without drugs, without codependency, without accolades or, or diplomas or any of those things. Let's break it down. Who who is in your circle that loves you for your soul? And do you love you for your soul? And that's my message. And that is the journey that I am bringing clients on one-on-one. -on -one. And now I will be bringing people on in a group, in a group way as well. 
Tell us about the registration, where they can register, when it is, what's going on. Is it virtual? Is it in person? Tell us about it. Yes, so it is virtual. Um, there is a whole page on my website that is dedicated to it. It says authentically you at the top. You can read through all the requirements as well as um, the curriculum. It's a 12 week program. It's 90 minutes a week um, virtually. And you can also get one-on-one -on -one sessions on top of that to kind of integrate the work in between our group sessions. Um, so all of the information is on recovermysoul.com or my Instagram at uh, Felicia Hunter. The reason I became the pushy broad from the Bronx and owned it is because I needed people to see exactly who I was mm -hmm. and be proud of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I know exactly how you feel. What do you think, Doc? I think, you know, we talk about this a lot. I think men have had a jump start on coming out and for a lot of reasons. And, you know, contrary to what you may believe, women have had a different journey. You know, they've had to deal with who they are. They've had to deal with how they show up, the guilt, the shame. It's, I'm a woman. I, we're not alcoholics. You know, believe me, there are scripts on that. And now what I'm seeing is a wave of us as women coming out, women of all cultures. And that's part of what I want to honor in you, Felicia, and you and Ellen, you know, if you think that for us, we didn't have to do soul searching to show up and to do a show like this, we did. But the soul searching we did was not just about our soul. It was about all of the souls out there that want to hear something that may get them pointed in the right direction. Right, ladies? Yes. yes. And not to be afraid to be out there and to say, I am this person, I am in recovery, and I am proud to be in recovery. And I am so thrilled to have Felicia here today. Felicia, we've got about one minute for you. Just do us a favor and leave us with a lasting message, please. And give us our, your website again and your three books. Yes. Um, I. If anybody is struggling out there, my, my very first thing would be reach out to somebody who has been where you are in some way. Um, it, it really does help having, having someone shine that light for you. Um, if you are looking for one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can find me at recovermysoul.com. You can find me on Instagram at Felicia Hunter. Um, and then my podcast is Ouch That Hurt and it's on Spotify, Apple, um, Google, and and uh, Apple Music or uh, Amazon Music, I guess. Amazon Music. Thank Terrific. <laughs> Thank you so much. And make sure you go to pushybroadfromthebronx.com, 800-889-1757. It's such a pleasure to be here going into our fourth year. Happy New Year to everybody. Dr. Pat, why don't you just summarize here and take us out? 2023, the year to be free. 2023, the year to be me. Hmm. Fantastic. Please, everyone join us. We know you can do it. Everything you heard here is in support of you. And please pass it on. If we're not talking to you, pass it on to the friend that you know that could use a little help. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Jacob. And thanks to the best audience on the planet. This is Ellen Stewart, the Pushy Broad from the Bronx, saying thanks for listening. And remember... Everybody needs a little push. From the pushy broad, from the